Crispin here on the North Shore Vineyard Church audio podcast. Today on the podcast, we are looking at a passage in the book of Acts that recounts how Lydia of the area of Philippi gets converted after she encounters Paul. Paul sees that she's moving the Holy Spirit. Uh, we're going to just kind of ask the question as we look into this, you know, what is God up to in the women in our lives and how can we be people who affirm those things? So this is our Mother's Day message as well. So uh, we'll head over to North Shore Vineyard Church, downtown Covington. Thanks for listening. persuaded us. Well, recently, uh, some of you may not know, but in addition to um, being a pastor, I also play a good deal of music outside of the church. And recently, I had a new album come out uh, a couple of weeks ago. And we set up a series of, of gigs, you know, over about a nine or ten day period we did the Abita Farmers Market or the Covington Farmers Market and the Abita Opry and then you know played a variety of gigs in Houston at, at different vineyard churches a bar, biker bar a coffee house and um, all kinds of different places and then finally when I get back to Louisiana I, I, I wrapped it up with the with the final uh, concert that I had scheduled now, this, this concert was kind of interesting because I, I played at this venue a few times, and I, I like it because I get to play on a grand piano, and I don't get to play on a grand piano much. So I walk in, there's a grand piano, and there's about 40 or 50 people in the room, and immediately when I start on the first song, I'm playing some old boogie-woogie blues stuff, and, and this woman jumps up, and she starts dancing at the front of the piano, and she's pointing at me, and she's just having a good time, and... And, you know, as, as a musician, you, when, when people get into the music, that, you know, that, that, that you, you, you feed off that energy a little bit. So she's enjoying it. And this goes on for about, I mean, she's dancing for like four or five songs. And, and, and it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Well, then I, I guess, I don't know, she just got a little winded. She's dancing so much. She, she goes and sits down at this chair uh, to the, you know, to the side of the piano over here. And another lady comes up, and this lady starts dancing kind of right behind me, behind my left hand. And she's getting into it and clapping. And I'm like, wow, this is cool. These people are really into this. This is great. And at one point, because I had sang so much in the previous week, I probably sang like 50 or 60 hours, and my voice was just starting to sound kind of fatigued. So I apologized. I said, look, I'm sorry that, that I, I'm sounding a little bit more like Joe Cocker today than I normally uh want to and the lady sitting down in the chair says oh I don't care how you sound I'm just here for the view it's been a while since I've been objectified like that (laughs) 
And even though I'm a, a happily married man, I got to admit, you know, it, it was a little bit flattering at my age to, to have somebody say, I'm just here for the view. <laughs> and so I, I felt a little awkward, but I kept on playing. And the lady next to me kept on dancing. And I noticed the more that this lady next to me kept dancing, the more irritated this other lady got. And it actually got to the point where this other lady that was dancing by me walks over near her, and I thought this other lady was going to punch her out. She was like, ah, you know. And, and I'm thinking, there's like two ladies fighting over me. <laughs> I can't remember the last time this happened. I, I can't remember it ever happening, actually. And so I finally finished the, the concert, and, and one of this lady, the, the irritated lady over here who enjoyed the view, um, one of her friends finally came over there at the end and just, like, trying to, you know, get her out of there before, uh, you know, they, they went to fists, uh, you know, fighting. and um, But anyway, it, it was quite an interesting gig. Now, b- before you get the wrong idea, I probably ought to give you a little bit of a background on this. This this was actually a, a nursing home over in Slidell. <laughs> Both of the ladies fighting over me were about twice my age. <laughs> but I, I will take groupies wherever I can get them. <laughs> but all, all this to say... Context is important, right? <laughs> Without that last bit of information, you might think I'm just down at some bar on Bourbon Street and um, having women fight over me. But um, no, context is important. And when it comes to the passage today, uh, one thing I love about the book of Acts is the way it gives us a context for what's going on in the New Testament. I think our tendency just as human beings, as we love to have a Bible that is just a rule book, just an owner's manual. Like when you get it, I remember somebody gave me a book one time, you know, uh, something about like you, every, every Bible verse for anything you can imagine. I mean, it, it had like, you know, where to find it in the Bible. You, you need to change your oil. Uh, you, you know, uh, I mean, it was actually kind of ridiculous. They, it was a book that was bigger than the Bible of t- telling you, a verse for every single thing that you need. And we kind of, I think, as human beings, we like the idea that we could just have a book that's just going to give us an answer for, for everything that we need in our life. And that's the way we treat the Bible. But when we look at the book of Acts, understand the book of Acts occurs before half of the New Testament is even written. So all they got is the teachings of Jesus, the Holy Spirit moving, and they're trying to figure it out. And they're trying to make it up as they go along, you know? Eugene Peterson One of my favorite authors, he says, why is it that pastors are experts on truth and dropouts on the way? Jesus is the way and the truth. In other words, what what he's getting at is pastors are great at at, at answering, you know, truth questions. But oftentimes we miss the way that Jesus did things, the way that the Holy Spirit moves. We 
we've got answers, but we're not looking like Jesus because we're not paying attention to how God moves. And what I like about the book of Acts is that it actually gives us a window into how the first followers of Jesus, not just what they said, but how the heck they they, they dealt with this. As I said last week, if, if you weren't here, we, we talked about this passage where Peter gets a vision and he thinks it's a vision about food. You know, God says, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And, and he's like, I've never eaten anything but kosher food my whole life. God, I can't, you know. And he has this vision three times. He tries to argue with God. Something's never changed with Peter. But he, he argues with God three times. And finally, he comes out of this trance. And the Holy Spirit says, go with the people that just knocked on the door. And he realizes that this dream that he had that was seemingly about food that he could eat was actually, more importantly, about the inclusion of the Gentiles. And so Peter goes to this guy, Cornelius' house, who was not just a Gentile, but a Roman. Not just a Roman, but a Roman soldier. Now, there are some accounts in the first century that the taxation, if you were a Jew living in, in, in Jerusalem or Judea in the first century, you would be paying close to 80% of your income in taxes towards the Roman Empire. We think we got it bad today, right? <laughs> 80%. Imagine that. Like, the, the little bit you get, to, and not only that, but, but Rome ruled Jerusalem and Judea with an iron fist. If you got out of line, you might be crucified. And so the first person that the Holy Spirit begins to move on outside of the Jewish guys that were Jesus' followers was a Roman centurion. He's the guy that works for the government, the overseas, a battalion, a soldiers, the, the very people who are keeping Jerusalem and Judea oppressed, the very, the very ones who crucified Jesus. And the question that I said that they had to wrestle with last week, we see the Holy Spirit moving. There's no doubt that God is doing this, but if we actually embrace what God is doing, then we are going to look unpatriotic. Imagine that. You know, if, if they actually started loving Romans and seeing them, you know, these Roman military guys, if they start actually blessing them, it's going to make them look uh, unpatriotic. They're going to look like they're, they're loving the enemy who's oppressing them. Keep in mind, it's only a few decades after the, the uh, scene with Cornelius that we looked at last week before Jerusalem is sacked by the Romans in 70 AD. And it would be like one of the darkest days in the, in the history of Israel. And so last week we see the Holy Spirit breaking out towards a Gentile. And what is the problem for the disciples? They're trying to figure out this doesn't look like our understanding of Scripture. According to our understanding of Scriptures, Gentiles shouldn't be able to get in. And now the Holy Spirit seems to be moving among Gentiles. What do we do? That's why I love Acts. They're trying to figure it out. They didn't have Paul's letters. All, all they have was the Holy Spirit and the teachings of Jesus, and they, they finally embraced what God was doing. Now, in this passage today, we see the first Gentile convert in Europe, and it's a woman named Lydia and her friends. Now, Paul, similarly to the passage we looked at last week, Peter has a vision. He thinks it's about food. It's actually uh, about the inclusion of, of, of the Gentiles. Paul has a vision that he thinks is about a Macedonian man. And immediately he has this, him and his companions, which would include Luke, the guy who wrote the book of Acts and, and wrote the Gospel of Luke, 
immediately they get up and they go to Philippi. And I can imagine Paul uh, for a few days in Philippi looking for this guy that he's seen in a vision. He's this Macedonian guy. He's walking around the city. Where is this guy that I'm looking for? And he doesn't see him. Macedonia, uh, well, uh, Philippi, was actually a Roman colony that was founded in, right in the center of Greece. And, and, and Philippi was as Roman of a town as you could get in, in the Greek world. Uh, Augustus, after he had consolidated the empire, the, the, the Caesar of, of, of the Roman Empire, after he consolidated his, consolidated his empire, he had all these generals and soldiers that had been fighting for years And it occurred to him, it would be bad to have all these people hanging around the city of Rome that have been fighting for years, and now they've got nothing to do. That's a recipe for a coup. And so he gives them these parcels of land in in Macedonia, and they found this this, uh, town called Philippi. It was a very Roman town. And, And Paul, what Paul would normally do when he would go into a town, you can see this all through the book of Acts, Paul would usually look for the synagogue in the town, And then he would go to the synagogue, and he would pray with them, and then he'd talk about Jesus as the Messiah. Paul can't find a synagogue in Philippi. Here's the deal. If you're going to do a synagogue, you have to have at least 10 Jewish guys to do a synagogue. So there were that few Jews in Philippi to even start a synagogue. And so Paul is kind of at a loss. He's looking for a synagogue. He's looking... For this guy that he had a vision, and finally he hears of a prayer meeting down by the river. And so he goes down by the river. But instead of seeing this Greek guy that he had a vision about, he sees a bunch of women. One of them is named Lydia. Now here's, here's the, the first thing I want to say is that Just like in last week's passage, the Holy Spirit was already at work in Cornelius before Peter ever showed up. The Holy Spirit is already at work in these women. It takes the guys a little (laughs) longer to get, get, get on board with it. But God is already doing something in their lives. It says this woman was a God fearing Gentile. That means that, that she actually followed some form of Judaism. She worshiped the God of Judaism, but she couldn't actually follow the rituals. There are characters like this all throughout the book of Acts. And Paul, it says, when he speaks to her about Jesus, her heart was opened by the Spirit to hear Paul. The first thing I want to say, it's, it's the same thing we said last week. Evangelism is not a matter of talking people into our ideas about Jesus, trying to convince people to believe what we believe Evangelism is actually trying to pay attention to what the Holy Spirit is already doing within people and come alongside what God is already doing. Because if, if, if God talks you into something, that's going to stick. If Crispin talks you into something, you can be talked out of that pretty quick. So the Spirit's already at work. And Paul shares the gospel, the good news to Lydia and other women, and they are baptized. Now, here's a little bit of the context that that you don't probably uh, readily come across. 
If you read the book of Philippians, we did a series, one of the first scripture series we did in this church was on the book of Philippians. If you read the book of Philippians, understand that that church got planted out of this encounter. These women who were faithfully worshiping and praying down by the river, outside the city, outside the, the confines of, of the politics and religion of these days, the, the ones that had to go outside to pray, these very women would be the founding members of the Philippian church. And Lydia would be one of the leaders of the Philippian church. Yeah, I keep thinking I'm saying Philippian. Uh, Philippian. <laughs> and there's no other church in the New Testament that is held up as an example for other churches like the church in Philippi. If you read it, it's like one of Paul's most upbeat books. He's, he's just filled with encouragement. He's like, you guys, I'm, every time I think of you, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the way you've supported the gospel. When I look at what God's doing, I mean, Paul holds them up as an example for other churches. And it all started with these women down by the river. When we look at a passage like today, um, it's, it's a narrative passage. It's not like one of Paul's teachings or, or Jesus' teaching. It's, it's a story. And, and I, I'm, I'm kind of reluctant sometimes to try to come up with a point for, for narrative stories. <laughs> but one thing that I think that we can see here, and I think there's, there's no better day to look at this, is to ask ourselves, particularly as guys, but ladies, you can ask yourselves this too. When I look at the women in my life, whether mothers, daughters, Sisters, friends, what do I see God doing in them? See, Peter, I mean, Paul, Paul had to, he, he, he saw what God was doing in them. And he came alongside what the Spirit was doing. And today, I just want to close with a little reflection. I just want us to take a, a few minutes. I, I know as guys... We, uh, I'll speak on behalf of the male species. Uh, I know guys, a lot of times we are, are, are prone to not really reflecting on things or not really vocalizing how we feel or, or, or even paying attention to how we feel. That's kind of my default. Uh, but I want us to take just a couple of moments to reflect, to, to just pick two or three people, women, or, or, or even girls in your life that are important to you. And I just want us to reflect on what is God doing in them. Can we do that together? I think I put these questions on your outline. So let's just take a few moments to reflect. And, and what I want you to do with these is... is if you got a pen and you want to write down your answers, that would be great. Um, it's, it's not a test. You don't have to share these with us. But I would like every one of us, particularly guys, <laughs> to either this day or in the coming days this week to actually do like Peter did and affirm what we see, the God, do, see God doing 
and the people that are close to us. So the first question is this. What do you see the Holy Spirit doing in these women? What is the goodness of God in these people that, that are close to you, in these ladies that are, that, are, that are in your life? What do you see? If you had to say, there's, there's something in my wife's life that, that is God, or, 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 or my mom's, or my sister's, well, what would you say you think is the gift of God in them? What do you see as the work of the Holy Spirit in these women? Secondly, how has your life been positively affected by this person? Try to put something specific, not just they love me. And then finally, we, we could spend more time on these questions, but, but the point is not that we would do it all here, but, but that we could sit with these questions today and then days to come. How would you bless these women and encourage them today? Not to just do it today or the next few days. <laughs> How would you? Sit with that question Let's ask ourselves, you know, God, in light of what I see as your giftings and how you're moving, my wife, maybe my daughter, my sister, my friend, how can I affirm those things? How can I bless those things? How can I call them out? And then secondly, um, what does that look like just in a very practical way today? Why don't you all stand? I know this is... Uh, Probably a little bit different kind of uh, message than normal. But it's okay to bless the women, huh? <laughs> oh, it's awfully quiet up in here. <laughs> Lord God, I pray that, that particularly for us guys, that you would give us eyes to see the gifts that you've put in our lives, particularly in the loved ones, the, the, the women that you've put 
in our lives, God, whether our mothers, our wives, sisters, our daughters, God, that you would help us to have eyes to see the good gifts within them, Lord. Help us to see what your spirit is doing, God. Help us to call those things forth, to affirm them. Help us to step alongside what you're doing in their lives, God, instead of trying to squeeze them into the mold of what we think should be. Lord, help us to move with your spirit, God. We pray a blessing on every woman gathered here this morning. Lord, every young lady gathered in this place, we bless them. And we say that you are valued by your heavenly Father. You are loved. And we just appreciate you for the gift that you are. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, go, uh, go bless the ladies in your life. Or lady. If you need some prayer, feel free to come up here to the front. We'd be glad to get the prayer team here to pray with you.